Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Before we get to it, make sure you follow us wherever you get your audio podcast. Just search FFSN, that's Rather Cavalier. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Also, check out our cast shorts on the Nordall's YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of That's Rather Cavaliers. I'm your host today, Riley Hall. You know, if for all the new listeners or people that's listening, thank you for listening. But if you're new, you know, and you want to share some of the love, you know, you can do us a great favor. Share us on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Pandora, anywhere you can get some podcasts. We're there on That's Rather Cavaliers. And of course, we have a guest today, man. <laughs> We have a guest, and we thank you out there, CHB Jordan. You feel me? You got anything you want to promote before we get into this Cav Juicy content? Nothing to promote. I'm just so excited to be here. There is so much to talk about (laughs) because the Cavaliers are having one of the most interesting seasons possibly we've seen in a minute. (laughs) Like, you could have said that any better, right? Like, you got trade rumors. You got all these players, a lot of our star players hurt. You got the yep. Cavs still finding ways to win. You got all these young talents that's still in the G League, technically. Mm. And then you've got a lot of players that the Cleveland Cavaliers could potentially trade for. 
You know, we do. I mean? so starting first, you know, because I do got three topics, but of course, I think it's going to end up being more that we talk about. But the first one, right? Of course, we hear a lot of rumors, one of which is about Donovan Mitchell, right? Yeah. And I've been kind of been waiting to kind of pick your brain on this, right? Because I got it's like mm. two parts. But it's like with Donovan Mitchell, do you really see Spider leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, it's look, I don't wanna I don't wanna say something that is gonna break Pip's heart because I know he's a massive <laughs> Donovan Mitchell fan. And I'm pretty sure when that guy got traded to the Cavs, Pip had an orgasm. I could hear it in Australia <laughs> when it happened. But there's a lot of a lot of like weird things with Donovan Mitchell because the main the main thing everyone's talking about, right, is is Donovan Mitchell want to be traded from the Cleveland Cavaliers. But what my my main thing is, what I'm thinking is, what what do the Cleveland Cavaliers want to do with Donovan Mitchell? Because if we're gonna be honest with ourselves right now. Donovan Mitchell's play on the Cavaliers this season has been so inconsistent. I'm sure most people have seen those videos on TikTok that show Spider driving in the lane, taking on four guys. He's got got guys all around him, and he's just not passing them the ball. Again, that's an issue, but then you can argue, well, the guys who he has to pass the ball to are 30-kilogram overweight Georgie Niang, who... Looks like a bag of milk. Like if I'm being brutally honest here, it's just a, it's a, it's a massive issue right now. And yeah, I, I truly think, and I've said this before, I am on the on the side now where I do think the Cavaliers and Donovan Mitchell might actually mutually part ways. I oh, know. I think. Really? I think. I think Donovan Mitchell low key wants to stay a Cavalier. But right now, it is a really, really tough situation because the Cavaliers are not playing well with Donovan Mitchell. He and Garland are not playing well together. That defense is legitimately just training cones at this point. And, and not, not just that, the Cavaliers are not winning. He's got one year left on his deal. The Cavs don't even know if this guy is going to come back. Like mm-hmm. He might be thinking, I want to stay now in a year's time. A team who was like us a couple of years ago, who are extremely on the rise, who can offer him a five-year ma- or four-year massive deal, will legitimately just be waiting right there for him. So it's a big decision for the Cavaliers, and I think the way it's trending, I don't, I'm not sure how much longer Donovan Mitchell is going to be a Cav for. <sighs> but if that happens, right? Like, who do you think he might go to? Like, wh- who would be like? All right, this is a legitimate contender for yeah. the Cavs to really kind of shop him. You know what I mean? Like because yeah, yeah. it's not like Bradley Beal where he has a no trade clause, and it's not like other players where um, you kind of have to because you do have mm. a couple of years in his contract to really move him. So you have a lot of you have a lot more wiggle room than most superstars in this in this circumstance, right? Yeah. But with that being said, though, you do want to make a great impression. Like if you really are going to trade Donovan Mitchell, you do kind of want to make sure you 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 let him leave happy yeah or else other players is not even gonna look your way right especially yeah. with us being a small market but who in the like in the NBA you kind of say all right um these are teams I would actually shop him and yeah. try to get a good return for him well there's there's t- I believe right now there is only two teams in the NBA 
that Donovan Mitchell would probably want to go to. I think um, one thing, you know, you were talking about earlier, right, with Donovan Mitchell and his contract being, like, much more friendly to Bradley Beal. Is like, Beal is on $50 million, an injury-prone player, has a trade clause on there. We got to remember, Donovan Mitchell is only on, like, $32 million. <laughs> like, that is... Really crazy to think, considering this dude is looking at a fifty-five to sixty million dollar per year type deal. Like if Jalen Brown's getting seventy million dollars a year, you do wonder well, what's that Donovan Mitchell contract going to look like. But as you as you just said, what teams are going to be interested in Donovan Mitchell? What teams is Donovan Mitchell going to be interested in going to? I think there's only two right now. A surprise team could come out. The first and foremost, and the most obvious, is the Miami Heat. I think that team, I'm pretty sure Donovan Mitchell is really good friends with Bam Adebayo, if I remember right. Um, there's also that, and then there's the fact that I think the Miami Heat have assets that the Cavaliers would look at. Um, you've got Tyler Hero is a, a big one. I actually, I don't know about you, but I think he and Garland would be a good good duo. I don't know, I don't know what you think about that, but I could see that working. Then there's, um, well, I mean, Duncan Robinson, he's got a pretty bad contract, but the Cavaliers desperately need shooting still. Um, so he would actually be all right. Uh, Hakez Jr. is a like third in the Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Cavaliers would want him. Um, you know, Caleb Martin is there. Not mm-hmm. sure if the Heat would trade him. And then they, I, I think they've still got three or four first-round picks. There's a ton that they could do with the hate. But before I get into my second team, I just want to know, what do you think about the the hate being a potential option? Is Do you like that trade that could go down? Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I can see it at the same time now. I don't know if I pushed the plug on it, but I do think that the assets we would potentially get in return would help the Cavs right away. Mm. Like shooting Duncan Robinson. Now his contract is unfavorable. Yes. We would definitely have to quickly rework that ASAP because that's that's just gonna bite us. That's yeah. gonna bite us. But uh the guy I'm not gonna botch his name, but you said it you said it just earlier, who borderline Jr. Away. Yes, him. Cause it's crazy how the Miami Heat keep getting these type of players. He can he can realistically win six men of the year. Yeah. Too. And I've been watching him very closely too. He's a good player. Like he yeah. he like if you didn't know any better, you would almost think he is a veteran NBA player in the league. Like it's so smooth, his passes are very calculated, his offense is very calculated. Um, which kind of shows you that, you know, when he when he is a true veteran player, mm. the sky is the limit for him. Um the only thing which, I mean, I guess is a good problem to have if you're the Cavs is, like, what would the rotations truly look like with the players yeah. you're getting in return? You know what I mean? Because I feel like we're, we are kind of having a situation where we don't know. Like, if you take Don away, like, mm. it's great to have death. But we truly, at least right now, if you take Don away, who is the go-to guy? Yeah. And I feel like that's what's going to kind of kill us from really making a stamp in the playoff. Because, I mean, hey, me and you both looked at that playoff series in, in the when we played the Knicks and we, we lost. Mm. You know, 
I feel like a huge reason, well, outside of us getting punked, but a huge reason why I think the Knicks really just took the air out of us is because I feel like Don didn't decide to be the guy Number we one know him guy. to be. Yeah, yeah, and it's like – and. Obviously, that's an outlier. Don usually does not play like, or at least not like that. He pay really passive for Don's yeah. standard. But like, you take Don away, and you pit, you know these these Miami Heat guys who you mm-hmm. know they have promise, but none of them are truly like those go to guys. Not even on their team now. Yes, yeah, right. Like, who's gonna be that? Because Evan Mobley, we think he can be that, but we, I mean, honestly, he probably got like another two, three more years before he's yeah. like that guy. And then Darius Garland, he's a good offensive player, but he's still probably got like two or three years before he's like potentially that guy. You know what I mean? So, Well, I think Garland is twice the player when he's not playing with Donovan Mitchell. He is mm. – I mean, we've seen it. He is literally an all-star without Donovan Mitchell there. And my the way I think about this is if you were to add Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero is not going to take away – from Darius Garland's game, unless Darius Garland makes him take away from his game, right? The the difference with Donovan Mitchell and Darius and um, Tyler Hero is Donovan Mitchell wants the ball full time in his hands. He is a high scoring shooting guard, shot creator. Tyler Hero is oddly enough a really good a good off ball player. Like we've seen that guy put up twenty points per game playing off ball to Jimmy Butler, right? Yeah. I don't see why he couldn't do that with Darius Garland. And I mean, do we do we need that number one guy? If do we need a number one guy if when Mitchell leaves, Darius Garland might be averaging twenty-four, Tyler Hero might be averaging twenty-two, and Mobley hopefully gets to that twenty point per game mark, right? Mm-hmm. Do we necessarily need a number one guy if we've got three dudes there potentially averaging twenty a game? And that ball movement, I just feel like that would work better, Tyler Hero and Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. You think so? Like I, I even in a, even in a like playoff setting, because I think that's kind of what I work like in the regular season. Yeah. I feel like it would, you know what I mean. But, but in the playoff, playoffs, I, yeah, is where I'm scared because I feel like now the Cavs is in a situation where we don't really have to prove anything to the fan base what we're mm. capable of doing in the regular season. Like we know we're a good team, and even though our seating currently doesn't um, show it. But I feel like we're in the the tiers right now, like NBA teams, where it's like you know we get, you know, we know ninety percent of te- NBA teams can't beat us, right? Yeah. But in the play, like I said, in the, like in a playoff, when you're actually playing a team seven games and you're in a seven game series, you get the game plan. I'm scared yeah. that that's gonna bite us because I understand, I understand you do want teams with depth. But the teams that truly win those NBA championships are teams who got one or two players on the team that's going to go out there and get it. Like, case mm. in point, even when Cleveland won their first NBA championship, we knew LeBron and Kyrie undoubtedly is going to make something happen, right? Yeah. Even even Denver, as, as much death as they had, in the fourth quarter, we knew Jokic – and Murray. and Murray was going to make something happen. And yeah. arguably, that's one of the reasons I think Miami Heat wasn't going to be able to beat Denver is because, I mean, I feel like Jimmy Butler had too many moments in the game where he just, he let others 
kind of, you know what I mean? Shine yeah, just okay, didn't take yeah. over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think that team where like, you know, you do have all these guys, I think it, it bites you in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the close. It does. I, I could argue right now that Cavaliers have neither. They neither, they don't have a <laughs> one, two punch and they don't have depth. Like, their one-two punch is supposed to be Garland and Mitchell, but both of those guys struggle to play together, and 90% of the time, one of those guys is injured. The other thing is, the Cavaliers' depth right now is one of the worst in the NBA. And I say this, and the reason I say this is because we went out in free agency, and we were supposed to have improved on this by adding Max Struess and, um, and of course, Georgie Niang, right? George Niang has not played a second better than what Jetty Osman did for the Cavaliers, right? That's just that's just a straight fact. Not not just that. I feel like I feel like right now you see the Cavaliers play an eight man rotation more than anyone really in the NBA. And as soon as we have a ninth or a tenth man play. It's a guy who you don't necessarily know what you're going to get from him at that night. Like Tristan Thompson, he has been the ninth man for a lot of the year, and he's a he's a guy who wasn't even supposed to play a minute for us. Damian Jones was supposed to be that guy, and he's absolute booty cheeks at basketball. <laughs> like the Cavaliers still have a depth problem, in my opinion. And I think if you do that Miami Heat trade, if you can bring in Harkes Jr. And Caleb Martin, who I know the Heat don't want to trade, but if you can bring both those dudes in off the bench, that's you automatically make those guys like the sixth and eighth man straight away. You know, For so sure. it's yeah, that's the way I see it. Um, and then I guess you're just hoping that Garland and Tyler Hero play together well. But I mean, we can add all these offensive players in that we want, but then you also got to question the coach which I'm not sure if you want to talk about a whole lot in this video, but <laughs> let's be honest here. JB Bickerstaff is one of the best defensive coaches in the league, one mm-hmm. of the worst defensive coaches in the league. Uh-huh. As soon as we moved away from some of those defensive players and added offensive guys like Niang, Struess, Merrill, it's just, yeah, it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look pretty at all. I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't have this on the notes, but I do actually – to your point, and I told I told y'all guys we was gonna add topics to this. <laughs> but with JB Bickers, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. uh me, Uncle Tate, Big G, yeah, now you, we've we've talked about in some fashion about JB Bickersaf, right? Mm. Before the season started, we said what would this season mean to JB Bickersaf, right? Um, me, I'm on the record saying on that podcast, my podcast, my channel with you, that I feel like J.B. Bickerstaff uh, tenure in Cleveland is numbered, essentially because J.B. Bickerstaff hasn't proven thus far that he can manage rosters, right? Yes. Outside of defensive schemes. Mm. Now, he's a good – he is a great defensive coach. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He is a great development coach. But unfortunately for him, the Cleveland Cavaliers kind of broke that ceiling a little faster than probably a lot of Cavs fans and people in the front office of the Cleveland Cavaliers thought, right? Yeah. And now 
with us having Donovan Mitchell, we need a coach that's going to take us to the next level. And I don't think JB Biggerstaff as a coach is going to get us there. That means I think this season might be his last season. To be honest, uh, I would have probably said maybe before the tr- a trade deadline, but honestly, I don't think they're gonna do it that early. Oh, nor why? No. I think they're gonna they're gonna let they're gonna let it ride through. They're gonna see what he do. Um, if he get knocked out in the first round, um, this playoff, he's out of here. Like without a, I'm willing to bet. Yeah. I like really? I'm willing to bet. Yeah. If he gets knocked out in the first round, I don't I don't see how they could. I don't see how Kobe Altman could go to the press conference box and and explain to us why he is the coach for the Cavs for that next yeah. following season. Because right now, the pressure's on, right? You have rumors of Donovan Mitchell wanting to potentially go to those New York teams, right? You have a team that arguably is a top-tier team in the Eastern Conference. You have a team that was, what, fourth or third seat last season, mm-hmm. right? So we are dropping. Yes, it is still early, so it's a lot of room for error. But you yeah. have other teams such as the Indiana Pacers, the Knicks, and the Sixers that's only getting better this season. And I feel like with Indiana, actually, and to, to use them, I feel like Indiana, for what they don't have, they look a little bit more promising, right, Yeah. than the Cavs right now, even though – Surprise, surprise, I did say Indiana was going to be the one that's going to be the darker of the season. That's, but, that's clever. That's clever. <laughs> I did. I, you know what I mean? I, I you know, I, I kind of just to throw that in there. But <laughs> I said that about Minnesota, remember, but I was one year too early. <laughs> you was. I give you that, I though. was one year too early. <laughs> but I think, I think the Cavs is going to eventually have to look for a, their playoff contender coach. Yeah. Right? Like, I feel like every team has it. Like, I think J.B. Bickerstaff did what he was supposed to do. Honestly, mm. like if he does get fired, this is not a loss or a blemish on no. his on his career. Like he did that's a everything great point. That's a great some, point. Like because yes. honestly, he he did what he was supposed to do. And to be honest, he did more because he developed these guys essentially the season of him getting the job into the basically mm-hmm. the playoff. Then the only reason we smoked it was because of the, the play in. We just we just had two back to back duds with Atlanta and we just played a juggernaut Brooklyn Nets team. Brooklyn, yeah. But I think right now, JB Bickerstaff, he did it. He did what he was supposed to do, and then some. So now we do have to look for that. Um, I don't know, Mark Jackson, that uh, Steve Kerr type coach, that mm. you know, that uh, Quinn Snyder. Even though I know he is he is on Atlanta, but like those tier coaches to really get us to the next level. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, price line. Yeah. I I have a feeling Uh-oh. I I don't think I don't think he will I have a feeling he's not gonna get fired. Especially mm-hmm. judging by that report we saw by um is it Chris Fiedel from Cleveland.com, I think reported it. He said JB Bickerstaff is hundred percent safe for the year. He'll be I mean, it would flat out be a mistake to fire JB Bickerstaff oh, yeah. any time this year because that yeah. just it never works. Like it's just a Unless you're a really like you're one of the worst teams in the league, what happened with us and Ty Lu, that was probably for the best. But with everything that's going on right now in in the NBA and how the Cavaliers, JB Bickerstaff is probably sitting there arguing. He's saying, "All right, well, you know, last season when I had a good nine man rotation, what did I do? I took you, I took an extremely young team to the first round. Absolutely. What happened this year? You gave me a overweight George Niang." <laughs> you gave me no nine to fifteenth man rotations. How am I supposed to even try and figure out an offense when I've got this bag of milk running around the court who can't even sprint? I don't know if you've seen George Niang try and sprint this year. He can't do it. Right. He's probably arguing arguing all of that. Not just that. The other thing that Kobe Altman would be scared about is does firing your coach now. Has it really worked for many teams other than the Philadelphia 76ers? You look at Toronto. Have they have they done anything since firing Nick Nurse? Like they got they got a lot worse. The Atlanta Hawks, I know Nate McMillan probably wasn't the best coach, but Quinn Snyder is about eight losses more than what they were this time last year, I believe. You look at a ton of teams like that, it takes a couple years sometimes for these coaches to get back into it. And when you've got a guy like JB Bickerstaff, who all all the players love, right? He's one of the best defensive coaches in the game. Can you afford to lose him, or can you do what you know a team like Richmond Richmond did in the AFL in Australia? What they did was right. They realized their coach was extremely good at one or two things and wasn't good at some other things. So what they did was they added a ton of assistant coaches around him who made up for those other things that he lacked. Could the Cavaliers say, well, we've got JB Biggerstaff here, arguably one of the best defensive coaches in the game. Could they somehow somewhat act and be like, maybe JB's our defensive coordinator, right? Maybe we need an offensive coordinator. Maybe we need a top assistant coach who's got some really good offensive plan. Maybe they go out and just say, well, maybe it's the assistant coaches as well. What if we get rid of the assistant coaches before the head coach? I feel like that's that's the thing that Kobe might do with with the Cavaliers because again the players love JB Biggerstaff. He's got a crappy rotation right now, and he's just one of the best defensive coaches in the league. What happens if we actually get this guy a really good offensive coach? You know, like I think that's where it's weird though because to your earlier point about saying you know Kobe, maybe Kobe Altman just like. I won't say clean house, but just like you start adding some new assistant coaches. The only problem that happens with that is usually coaches like hiring their staff. Their own guys. Yeah. So the problem, which is, I think that's one of the hugest reasons why GMs is end up just firing coaches. Cause they just like, it's kind of easier. Just like, if you really want to establish that you, you just fire them and then essentially start over, you know what I mean? And just try to get that direction. Now, let's 
bring up the point, maybe let's say JB Bickerstaff is open to general manager suggestions. It's like, hey, all right, let's add this assistant coach, this coordinator, and this guy from the staff. You know, if yeah. that happens, that could be something we could do before maybe firing him. The mm. only caveat I have to this is we actually have seen often in the past five years, actually, in the NBA, where even coaches that has won coach of the year get fired, got fired the same year they won the award. Dwayne Casey. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, so we've we've had a track history where that really doesn't matter a lot yeah. of times. And even, even though Nick Nurse didn't win it the same year, but he's, he won it, still got fired within, yeah. you know, Mike Budenholzer. Shoot, he won a championship. And what that's, a, that's another case to my point, though. What a mistake. Why did the Bucks fire their championship coach yeah. from two years ago? Why did the Raptors fire their championship coach from three years ago, who is arguably now winning coach of the year? <laughs> right, I'm not saying JB is necessarily as good as those guys, but a part of me feels like it would be a mistake to fire a guy whose current eight man, eighth man in the league is George Niang. <laughs> that would be a mistake. And I think that is truly unfair to him. And he has no players. His players are always injured all the time. <laughs> yeah. So... But you know, sometimes you know, because I'm mean, does work. Yeah, it, it can it, work. It, it can work, but then you also got to think that general managers got to find somebody to blame, especially yeah. when you have a like. And it's it's so hard to like really talk about it, but it's like this is kind of what we've seen, not even just with the Cavs roster, but amongst the league, right? When yeah. you have teams like the Cavs that have risen, especially small market teams that has risen to become ahead of schedule mm-hmm. playoff contenders who has the potential to essentially be Eastern conference competitors, at least yeah. finals competitors. Right. But then they, you know, they can't get over the hump. Usually they just can't, they, they just don't look confident enough in the first or second round, usually the first round, you know, and then the general manager, because obviously they don't want to take blame for it. They just say, no. you know what? We're going to fire the coaching staff, maybe trade one or two role player pieces and flip it, and then we're going to run it back. So I think with Kobe Altman, because I think Kobe Altman, because this is another thing we say here on That's Rather Cavaliers and everybody that has been listening to us for a while, you know, um, we've, we've said time and time again, we felt like somebody, whether it be J.B. Bickerstaff or Kobe Altman, was going to be on fire this season, mm-hmm. right? And it won't ever be Kobe Altman. I think his job will be safe for years, especially with the promotion he got last year. He won't ever. That so, guy. So if he if he's not going to get in trouble, what about then... just Jesus Christ? What about if we just blame <laughs> Jesus Christ for all these injuries? Why does it have to be JV Bickerstaff or Kobe Altman? Because unfortunately, that's just how sports it like it's yeah. like it's hard ho- like it's hard ho- like you know in a perfect scenario. You know, the only the the only team that we have seen that has gotten that type of blessing, which ended up working in their favor, was the Denver Nuggets. When they oh when they underdelivered, mainly because they everybody was hurt, 
Yeah. The Denver general manager and their coaches say, you know what, say they say, we're going to run it back. They stuck with the coach. They stuck with the general manager. They stuck with their players for the most part, kept adding some pieces, and it led to them winning an NBA championship. Yep. Unfortunately, a lot of teams don't have that window. And that's just across the board. Like, not even just the NBA, right? And We we do have that window, though. Look how young we are. We young, we, but we got to be patient. I think we're young, but the only difference is we have a a pending superstar who yes, in rumor. Now we don't know how <laughs> how true these rumors are, but it's looking like you know they're, this, they're true. They you know, the superstar may yeah. be leaving, right? And for Cleveland, what are the chances that you get a Donovan Mitchell again? Look, you you're probably not, but in saying that. I still think Garland, I've always had this in my heart where I still think Garland can grow into being a very, very capable player. Like, if we look at this one day and we get a Darius Garland that is three quarters the way of what Donovan Mitchell is right now, we get an Evan Mobley who hopefully reaches that Anthony Davis statue that people would have him at, you're adding a ton of good players to that team. It would be, it would still be pretty solid. But you know, you brought me back to that Donovan Mitchell, right? Remember earlier I said there were there were two teams. There were two teams that I thought that I think he would potentially like to go to. One of them I said was the Miami Heat. Second team. Any any guesses? I want to want to hear what you is it what, New York? What you think? It is in New York, but it is not the Knicks. Oh, oh dang! So it's Brooklyn. Darn. It is Brooklyn's. So Brooklyn have all of these players, all of these role players, right? They're just mm. stuck in like that middle area in the NBA because they've got all of these role players. The thing is, you got Donovan Mitchell, a guy who's from New York. He probably would look at New York one day. You got all these assets and all these role players. I guarantee you they will be the team that offers the biggest case for Donovan Mitchell. They will flat out say to him, we can get this trade done like that. They they can. They can get it done like that. They have a hundred first round picks just sitting there from all of these trades. They can get it done like that. The Knicks won't. I mean, we've already heard from Ian Begley. He said that the Knicks wouldn't go for Donovan Mitchell right now. He doesn't fit into their coach's game style. I'm going to say, I don't even think they truly can. Well, at least via trade now after yeah. he's got OG. Yeah. And imagine him and Brunson together. If you think Garland and Mitchell are an odd defensive duo, he and Brunson would be pretty funny to watch. But yeah, he doesn't um, fit in their coach's game. He's very expensive. All the assets that I have to give up, that I can't even afford him. Okay, I'm glad you said that too, right? Because I've had arguments w- internally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my friends internally. I've had arguments internally. Yeah. Like, why is New York considered a destination when the team is not that much different than Cleveland? Like, yeah. and to be honest, it might be even a little bit because with Jalen Brunson, we should smaller. be better. We should he, be better than the Knicks. We yeah. lost them in the playoffs because of youth. Our depth is still argued there. Our depth needs to improve, but we should be better. We should, but we're we're not, <laughs> which is not somehow. Um. But to my point, right, so I was talking to you about um, the Nets and mm-hmm. they could go they could go for Donovan Mitchell. 
So let me read out some assets here that they could trade. Not saying that any of these guys would get traded, but could trade. Cam Johnson, mm-hmm. Mikel Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, Royce O'Neal, Cam Tonnet, Thomas, Lonnie Walker, and the 101st round picks they have. <laughs> Let's just say Mikel Bridges is off the table. Ben Simmons, the Cavaliers don't want Ben Simmons. I'm looking at Cam Johnson right there, a mm. really capable defender who's finally a forward. We finally get a guy who was six foot eight, six foot nine. I don't want to see Max Drew six foot five play small ball power forward anymore. I can't be bothered watching it. <laughs> okay. Johnson can shoot. He fits mm-hmm. in the JB bigger staff's defense. Look at Spencer Dimwitty. Dimwitty, we need a backup point guard really bad. He's also a guy who can score the ball. I think he and Garland will be a really good duo. Uh, I would say Finney Smith, again, another guy who's six foot seven, six foot eight. Really good defender, would fit in the JB Bickerstaff's game style, can shoot the ball as well. I think Garland would work so perfectly with all these guys. You could maybe add a fourth guy there, but then you can ask for those four first-round picks or five first-round picks, right? And that helps the Cavaliers tremendously. The Cavaliers finally get a depth. The only issue is you that scares me about that trade is you don't get a near all-star caliber player back like a Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. But um, the other thing that I think is good about that trade, if you're a Brooklyn fan, is oddly enough, he and Ben Simmons, if anyone's going to get Ben Simmons back to being all right, I think he and Donovan Mitchell would be a pretty interesting duo because Mitchell's problem in the league is right now, he has to guard the shooting guard position and he's too small. Only being six foot one, playing with six foot one, Darius Garland doesn't work defensively. You had a guy like Ben Simmons there, I think... Donovan Mitchell can go back to guarding that point guard position, but playing the shooting guard on offense. And Mikel Bridges and Ben Simmons can make up for his defensive lack ability at those forward wing spots. I actually do like that, though. I, I, yeah. I do just because I can see, I can even see a scenario where they just just have Mikel and Ben just essentially just guard both the guards, yeah. honestly. And just like just have him with a sluggish that Don guard a sluggish forward, you know what I mean? Especially if it's a tweener, but that that actually wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, and that's then, a, oddly enough, decent four too, like Bridges, yeah. Simmons. If Simmons can get healthy and work well with yeah. Mitchell, Simmons, Mitchell, Claxton. Oh yeah, I forgot about Claxton. Cam Thomas, six man. Ooh. Yeah, if they give him some more minutes, he really could be a six man in a six man of the year. Dude is crazy. Yep. And then, too, I got one more topic for you. I got one more question before we close out, man. You know? All right. And you touched on it a little bit because you Mm. said, you know, we could eye some pieces out there in Miami. But if we were to pitch you in the hot seat and you had to be the Cleveland Cavaliers general manager for the day. Yes. What move are you making before that trade deadline? God. <laughs> Where do I start? Um, you got 24 hours, man. I got 24 you, hours. 24 hours. You can make as many moves as you feel fit. But you got to do it before the deadline. You got to make it before, or what, what is it, three or two? Yeah. The day after? Just, 
in Cleveland, is there like a big bridge at all? Like a, <laughs> it is. A I'd big probably bridge. just, I'd probably jump off that to be honest, <laughs> because I, I don't know what, I don't know what you can. It's not a whole lot you can do. You got one first round pick, which you have to keep because let's be honest here, the ultimate goal should be to draft Ronnie. <laughs> ultimate goal. You need a backup point guard and you need a starting small forward. They're just sitting right there. The Jameses are right there. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, the only real thing I think they can do is a Donovan Mitchell train. <laughs> That's the only thing. No one wants George Niang. There's no... I mean, unless you're like flipping a player for another player... But who would you who would you go after? Is is the question? I don't know. I would ask you now. Don't get mad at me, Cavs fans. I'm just I'm just throwing the, you know, I'm just throwing the idea out. Okay. <laughs> would you consider trading Darius Garland? Hell no. To appease Don's, not at all. Hell no. Would you trade Jared Allen? And a player to get some done. Um, clearly Mobley is not ready to play center. I don't think. If you were to trade Jarrett Allen, mm-hmm. oh, you disagree? Uh, look, if you were to trade uh-huh. Jarrett Allen, you would need to bring in a very good backup center and at least two first round picks. At least. But who would who would trade for Jared Allen? Like, I mean, a lot of teams would, but I, I want to know like who you think because I I really don't know. That's actually a great question. I actually did not expect you to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, now I'm I'm just scanning teams, right? Because I think the Clippers would trade for him, but I don't think we would get a return for him in the Clippers. The number um, one, if you were to, if you were like this GM, or actually, you know what? Team, Let's trade New Orleans. New Orleans, but they've got yeah. Valanciunas. Exactly. We would trade for Val. We trade for you Val. You think he could come play backup big? Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I think we can get Val in a piece for uh, Jared Allen. Yeah, if I was if I was this team, I mean this trade this trade would be interesting. But um, if you're the Charlotte Hornets, you got to give Lamelo something. Like he's had Miles, he's had Mason Plumlee as his center. <laughs> Right. Imagine having to do that. He, the centers they've got there now are young, but they're not that good. I mean, you could... I forgot who the starting center is for them now, but I think he was taken at pick 12 like a is year or two ago. Yeah, Mark Williams. Yeah, He's pretty traditional. Um, But if you were the Hornets as well, let's be honest here, Bridges, they should, they got to move on, Bridges. I mean, that, the, that's a, that's a wreck problem. waiting to happen. But do you trade for – because – well, at least for a Cleveland standpoint, because it's already been told that Charlotte's not signing him. Like, they're not giving him an extension at all. Bridges. Like, yeah, they're going to let him walk. Yeah. yeah. I think I still think he'll end up in Detroit because Detroit wanted him last time. I don't know – I don't know if you remember that weird controversy, but there was, like, some random rapper who was friends with Miles Bridges. <laughs> and in one of his songs, he said if – if the Hornets ain't offering us the max, we go into Detroit. I don't know if you remember that lyric, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, Detroit, and there was a rumor like a couple of weeks ago, I think by Shams that Detroit like are trying to add 
a power forward. And Bridges and Siakam are at, like, the top of their list. Mm. Siakam makes sense there, too, because they, they're, um, his former coach is actually now in the head office of Detroit. The guy, I forgot his name, the coach of the year they had. Uh, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey, yeah. He's yeah. in the head office at Detroit, and they'll have a huge contract. They'll have, I think they've got, like, nearly the most cap they'll probably have pretty soon. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if I do that. Like, I, Spicy P would be... It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. I don't know. Mm. I don't... uh, The reason... I don't know, dude. Because it's like... I feel like... If those pieces is gonna move to Detroit, I feel like Cleveland could very easily sneak in. And we we've seen obviously we've seen Kobe Altman do it before. But what are you saying? Wait, hold on. Are you saying Cavs interested in Siakam or? I feel like Cleveland could sneak up and get Siakam. What? How? I, but I do because <laughs> I think you can. Because Toronto, I think you can give up. Technically, you can give up Jared Allen and a. A piece a, of probably a, in that pick, honestly, but yeah, that's true, but that's true. but that's mainly because I think that if you want me to be honest, I feel like Evan Mobley can play that five position, and I feel like the only reason we haven't well one because of health and two because I feel like if if we can get him in a system where he truly has space and he actually yeah. gets the ball and he doesn't have Jared Allen there. I feel like he truly, on both ends, he could be a monster. And ironically, I think the the two players that kind of get in the way of Evan Mobley truly, truly being that guy at that at the center position yeah. is ironically Jared Allen mm-hmm. and Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell I, does drive a lot. He, he <laughs> drives a lot. And it clogs it. Like it, it clogs. clogs it. And for Evan Mobley, because it's like <laughs> Evan Mobley, and you hear it here first, you know, I yeah. will take criticism for it. But I feel like Evan Mobley un- in- unintentionally, especially if you if and it's hard because a lot of people might not watch the games, but if you do, yeah. it's like I can see Evan Mobley getting the criticism of Joel Embiid a little while ago when we would say, mm-hmm. you know. Why are you always at the three-point line on offense? Reason he has to be because, yeah, yeah Mitchell is driving and Allen is there. 
Exactly. And I think that's what's making Evan Mobley not look like the player we thought he was going to look like this season. Yes. Which is why I think you either you change the game plan or you or you move him. I think Evan Mobley could play the center. I, I really do. And I think if you plug in Spicy P, who's somebody, yes, he, you know, he gets post-ups, but I feel like he creates enough space and he's he's such a respectable jump shooter yeah. to where Evan Mobley can be Evan Mobley. And I can feel I, like can I be honest with you, right? I don't I don't think we're getting Siakam, but I'll have a trade that I've just gathered in my head that I think literally works with exactly what you were just talking about. If you go to the Charlotte Hornets, right, and you say, we'll give you Jarrett Allen. So Jarrett mm-hmm. Allen, theoretically, with a mellow ball, could be like what Garland and Allen were. Massive lob threat, pick and roll plays all the time. Mm-hmm. We know Miles Bridges is really good friends with Darius Garland. They trained all in the offseason together. I think me and you both made videos on this. <laughs> I thought we were a genuine chance. Mm-hmm. If you go to the Hornets and you say, we want Miles Bridges, we want a backup center, Nick Smith, maybe, right? We want two first-round picks, one of them being protected in years to come, but we ask for their 2025 first-round pick, so they have to go into the offseason now and get players, right? Mm-hmm. Does that not theoretically work with what you were saying? Miles Bridges now plays power forward. The center is Evan Mobley. Bridges mm-hmm. does drive a lot, but I don't know if you've seen him this season. He does not care about playing for this Hornets team. He's been <laughs> shooting everything, and oddly enough, has been improving as a three-point shooter. Yeah. You know, does, that works, but then you've still got the dilemma of, oh, man, Max Struess is still playing small forward, and he can't guard a fly half the time. <laughs> yeah. So... S- and then you finally give LaMelo Ball someone to play with. You do. Right? A, finally a defender. And then in that offseason, the Hornets can draft their guy and they'll have like $40 million in cap to go out and sign a small four powerful probably. And you'd have Brandon Miller, their drafty, LaMelo Ball, Jarrett Allen, a near-max contracted player. And that Hornets team finally looks good for the first time since 2016 Kemba Walker. <laughs> but... I feel like that pits Cleveland in another problem, though. Well, but maybe not because it's like, obviously, I don't think Miles Turner is going to get that huge super bag he would have gotten before. Oh, Miles Bridges, Miles, yeah, Miles Bridges. Oh yeah, he's he's yeah he's... his contract is um, <laughs> it would probably be like a two year fifteen million dollar type thing. I feel like I don't. I don't know. It's too hard to say because the Hornets are like top five worst team in the league. He doesn't even want to be there. He doesn't even care. Yeah, the starters like you see it by the way he plays. He like <laughs> he knows they don't really. I don't know. They only signed him on to trade him. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he knows that. But you don't see no way. True. But you don't see no way we could get Spicy P. No. I I also they've got they've got Jakob Pertle there, who's on twenty million dollars for the next four years, eighty million dollar contract. 
they do, but like, what do you truly think? Because obviously, if because they already said they're gonna trade Spicy P, but I mean, they probably the players really like whatever players they get in this trade, they're probably gonna flip yeah. again just just for for compensation. So you think they bring it Allen and they flip Purtle maybe next in the off season? So they just roll with Allen and Purtle for half a year, maybe. Yeah, and probably just flip Jared to another. You think you think Allen will get flipped? Yeah, because I don't think because it wouldn't make well, like with Scotty Barnes, it wouldn't make sense to have a traditional center. Yeah, you know what I mean, especially a, a traditional center that's locked in to his contract for a couple of years. You know what's interesting about Allen too is I'm pretty sure he's after this season he's only got like two years left. Like, I think Cavaliers fans are under the assumption that we've got this dude still for a long time. <laughs> After those two years, like, how... And the, this is the other thing, too, and this is why I think Donovan Mitchell will get traded eventually. This is what no Cleveland Cavaliers fans like to talk about. But there is a rule in the NBA now under, I think it's the CBA, that says you're only allowed two Supermax contracts. And the Cavaliers already have two in Darius Garland and um, Donovan Mitchell. And then Mobley, you would assume, is going to get the Supermax. Mm-hmm. And even if he's not playing like the Supermax, some team will offer it to him that we'd have to match. Mm-hmm. You're not going to ever Mobley walk for free. Absolutely. So either Garland or Mitchell would have to get traded. And right now, the Cavaliers this year have statistically been... 10 times better when Garland has played and Mitchell with, without Mitchell than Mitchell playing without Garland. Hmm. That's just the facts of the matter. <laughs> you pin the pressure on us, man. <laughs> Am I? You are, man. Because it is, a, you know, it's a lot of cast, man. We don't want to let them go. Because yeah. it's a divide. Let's be it's a it's a divide, right? You have one half of us it's like, you know, we feel like we can make Don, we can convince Don to feel like this is a contender because we know Cleveland in 2-3 years will be a powerhouse. On mm. the flip side, the other flip of the the demo. We're looking at it like to your point, we are going to have to trade Donovan Mitchell at some point because yeah. he hasn't verbally said it. But Donovan Mitchell is a very smart player, and we know he, is. he wants to play for his home team. He wanted to do that when Utah at originally. That's where he thought he was going. Do do you really do you really do you think that's a hundred percent true though? Because I think Donovan Mitchell knows now there is not a situation where he's a New York Nick, right? That's I yeah, think for yeah, that yeah, to yeah. happen, that'd be very odd. I think the Miami Heat are in the Cleveland Cavaliers situation right now where they're like, hey, we've got a couple of all-star caliber players. Um, you're friends with one of our all-star caliber players. You know, remember when he was friends with Garland? Garland and him were training in the offseason together. Miami are probably arguing, look, you can come and def- you can guard the point guard position with us. Either way, wherever he goes on Brooklyn or Miami, he's going to be the point guard on defense. But on offense, he'll still get to be the shooting guard. Um, but that that I want to know then if if you were to say if if you were Donovan Mitchell, let's just say you grew to six foot three and wanted your nickname to be Spider Man, right? If you were in that situation and Brooklyn came up to you and said, 
We think Ben Simmons can be a really good partner with you. We think he can get back to his Philadelphia days. We also mm-hmm. have Miles Bridges here, who is a near all-star player. You also get to play in your hometown. You got that one. Or if Miami came up to you and said, we've got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, two all-stars, and some decent role players still, and maybe the ability to sign some guys, and they'll continue to draft good players like they always do and sign undrafted guys like they always do. Where would Rally Hall pick if he was Donovan Mitchell? If I was Donovan Mitchell, I probably would pick Miami. Okay. The problem, though, and I think a lot of the problem has to do with Miami's Prior's attempt to get a couple of players, one named Damian Lillard, the other named Bradley Bill. Yeah. As that other teams are hip to Miami Heat's negotiation tactics. Now, we understand, though, Miami Heat, for the most part, they do hold on to their side of the bargain. You will get at least one or two no-name gym players that you would have never probably gotten regularly if they was not on the Miami Heat. Dope. The problem is when you're trading a player of the magnitude of Donovan Mitchell, because yeah. he would be more so in the realm of Damian Lillard more so than Bradley Bill, right? 100%. And, and because they didn't push the plug on an offer for Bradley Bill, you're going to yep. have to up that offer, man. So what's going to end up happening, I would hope, Kobe Altman is probably going to say, hey, all right, we can cut the red tape. We know Donovan Mitchell wants to go be here, right? The problem is I need everything you have here. That's not name yes. Bam and Jimmy Butler. Let's be honest. Yep. And to be honest, to be even more honest, I'm probably just to be fully compensated, we're probably going to have to add a third team and maybe even a fourth team just mm-hmm. to make sure I get – because Cleveland is going to have to get over in this trade, Yeah, unfortunately. 100%. Like, we're, we we just are. Like how We this won't settle for anything else, surely. We can't. That's, that's why Brooklyn might actually beat Miami to this is because they have overs. They have and, arguably the most overs in the league other than maybe OKC. And that's the problem. That's the other part of the problem, right? Because we've seen this happen twice – with Miami, right? Yeah. And because Donovan Mitchell actually has a couple years left in his contract, Cleveland, very gracefully, we have full control of the situation. We do. Whether you like it or not. Like we we now, like I said, we are gonna make a really great impression for Don. We're we're not gonna trade him to some scrub a dub dub team. We're gonna trade him to a contender. He's mm. he's not gonna have to worry about that. But his first and second option might not might not happen. Unless we can convince a third or fourth team to basically say, all right, you're going to have to get – and Miami's going to have to get a little loose, which they have yes. not been known to do. Because, no. like you said, we're going to probably have to – we're going to probably have to get Hero. And if we don't feel comfortable with Hero, Hero's probably going to go to the third team and we're going to probably get an asset yeah. back. To well, be Hawkins honest – Jr., he'll, he'll be in there. The only one – they would keep Caleb Martin, though, on a technicality because he's out of contract – so if this did carry over to the offseason, he would actually... The only way he'd get moved is if it's a sign-and-trade. But they've been on reports to say they really want to keep him before. But that, mm-hmm. that, brings the, that brings the argument up. If we don't get Caleb Martin back in this deal, 
and we're getting Hawkes Jr. and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, those are three shooting guard, small forward wing players. Does that fix the problem that we've already got technicality of Max Strauss playing small forward who's already too small for that position? He no. worked so well in Miami because he got to play shooting guard and Jimmy Butler played the he, he guarded the small forward. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Because as we all know, Cleveland Cavaliers for the past couple seasons has have a has had a problem with the forward position. Right. In yep. the years we didn't have a problem with that position, we had LeBron James. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have LeBron James right now, unless we draft Kevin Ronnie. Love. Ron Kevin Love, don't have or, or Laurie Marketing. Or, I forgot about that. But but that's uh, when we just ran super duper big. We didn't care. We were just like, you know what? We're gonna pit anybody at that position and we're gonna shoot for the stars. Do you but, think the Cavaliers would have been better if we never made the Donovan Mitchell trade? Like if we just held with our guns and kept marketing and let him become the all-star we know he was going to become. Because he had an underrated season on the Cavaliers. He did. <laughs> Very underrated year. That's a really tough question. Um, That is a tough question because that means we still would have had Colin Sexton. Hey, we could have flipped Colin Sexton. We could have. We're kind we of back at square one now, though, now that Mitchell is... I think... Yes and no. I yeah. say, I I will say, no regrets. We still made the playoffs. We still had a really good year last year. But the reason I say yes because I do feel like Laurie Markkinen would have stayed, and I think that's where we would have won in yeah. terms of not making that. Ch- I think we. W- I think like if we if it was flipped, we would have never been in the situation where we'd have doubted. Should we trade Laurie Markkinen? That's starting five two. of Garland, Okoro, Markkinen, Mobley, and Allen. If Markkinen becomes that all-star, there is nothing that team, that starting five doesn't have. That mm-hmm. starting five is deadly. By the way, that's another one we haven't talked about. Isaac Okoro is a must race on. He has arguably been our most consistent player this year. He's one of the best defenders in the league, averaging like 11 points per game or something. And his three-point shooting's gotten better. He's a... I hope we race on him. But there's going to be a team out that offer him. Yeah. I'd go... I'd still go 17 million a year. 16 million a year. I would do that, but... He's a better player than Max Struess, and Max Struess is on that contract. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, we gonna mess around. We gonna have to sign and trade, bro. We're not. We're you not reckon? Re-sign. You think Akora is going? I think yeah, we're gonna end up because his, his number, his number, it will get pretty high. It's gonna get pretty high because you think like like it's, you talked about the new CBA, yeah. Like because after a while, we are gonna have to start because we haven't paid Evan Mobley yet, and we're going no. to do that. But when you we know, we pay Mobley, we'll pay, we'll, he'll get paid when Donovan Mitchell gets traded. If Donovan Mitchell gets traded this offseason, Mobley will get the Supermax contract like the next day. But the problem still with that is 
you trade Don, you're probably going to get like three, four players back, and two of which is probably going to have decent. Like, because even if we do that Miami Heat trade, like, because how much is Tyler Hero getting? Has he gotten his extension? Yeah, I think it's about 25. A year? Yeah. So, 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 so we would have. You wouldn't get Duncan Robinson back because salary cap, that wouldn't make sense. The, the thing, though, to add to your point earlier, so you talked about a third team getting involved. What if the Cavaliers move Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn still and bring in Cam Johnson and Finney Smith, right, as the forwards that we just haven't been able to have? Mm-hmm. But what happens if we we go to a third team and maybe Allen gets moved as well? In this, Maybe it's a huge trade where maybe Allen's involved with this as well. Well, maybe that third team, I'm not saying this player, but like a Brandon Ingram type small forward who's a near all-star guy who can put up 22 points a game, play okay defense. If you're the Cavaliers and you're, you maybe let's just say we lose, like this is the most dumb 2K trade you've ever seen, right? <laughs> I'm just pulling this out of my arsehole. But what if it's like Jarrett Allen and Donovan Mitchell get traded and we bring back Cam Johnson Finney Smith, Brandon Ingram, and like two to three first round picks. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. So then you have I a starting would... five that looks like maybe Garland. You get to bring back Okoro as well. Mm-hmm. Garland, Okoro, Ingram, Johnson, and Mobley at the five. The only issue with that team is you'd be looking for a backup center. And where do we get the backup point guard from? Mm-hmm. And what do you do now with Evan Mobley? I'm not Evan Mobley, but uh, what do you do with Imani Bates? Do we have to worry about Imani Bates that much? Is Imani Bates going to be a good NBA player? Do you seriously think he's going to be a good NBA player? I think he is. Because I don't know if he's going to be a good NBA player on this Cavaliers team, especially a team that J.B. Biggerstaff focuses so much on defense. He do, but I think that's that's one of the things where I think is a problem. Because I do... Because I do think what Amani Bates like, because I was on the other side of it. I was like, I didn't. I don't think Amani Bates would translate in the NBA. Yeah, technically, I am right on the spectrum of. I was thinking of like how how NBA treat players like Amani Bates, right? Yeah. But we basically just seen Amani Bates work for an NBA championship team, and that's Michael Porter Jr. Now, he is a little less, you know, he's a than that yeah. player, but I feel like Amani Bates is literally what we needed at that forward position. He is a shot creator. The only problem is we have Donovan Mitchell on the team, so he wouldn't get as many touches. Mm. But you do, like, every team has a Amani like every contender has Amani Bates, like a oh, fearless offensive score. And Amani Bates is dangerous. Like this man yeah. unconsciously, like he's going to score the basketball. It's true. So are we so we've we've been going for an hour and three minutes, right? Jesus. Are we under the assum- <laughs> assumption and do we both agree that Donovan Mitchell will not be a Cleveland Cavalier in 2025? Do we? Because I feel like we have both agreed on this that it is physically impossible <laughs> where Mitchell is now a Cavalier unless you trade Darius Garland, especially with the CBA. I I agree. I as much as I want him to st- just to prove the point that 
a small market team can get it done. Are we I that small market of a team? We are. We still got a massive fan base for like third, and people will be like, so we got a, like the third most followers on Instagram. People will be like, oh, that's because LeBron. We've like tripled our following on Instagram since LeBron left. The Cleveland Cavaliers are one of the biggest teams still in Australia. See people with their merch on all the time. <laughs> when I think of a small market team, I still think the Cavaliers are much bigger than teams like Portland, Memphis, right? There's just, it just feel like the Cavaliers aren't that small. Like, good team. We've had a good history. Got a championship. Would you rather be the Charlotte Hornets, you know? like Oh, no, you don't want to be that. <laughs> but, no, even, but even our history is not even. You don't think? Since since 2003, we've had maybe seven bad years. When you think about it. We had 2011 or 2014, we were bad. And then like 2000 and, end of 2018 to 2021, we were bad. Yeah, but then even the years we wasn't like this, this shit. I mean, if we be honest, we were just mediocre. Yeah, like we were just like, eh, you know. What I mean, up until and even before '03, I mean, you still. I mean, obviously those teams was pretty was was better with Craig Elo and Mark Price, yeah. and but yeah, you have to kind of say we was a small market team, like, like. Like if you close your eyes just for for a second and just yeah. say, "Hey, we're gonna forget about LeBron James," mm. and you forget about the one moment that unfortunate flu game with Michael Jordan. Yeah. What can I, I would I would say we're a media market team. I think there's about there's still about eight to ten teams who are smaller than us in the NBA. Yeah, right now. it's smaller teams, but I feel like with the NBA, you really. It's either small or large, you reckon? It's all, yeah, you don't, like, you really don't do, like, medium. Like, because, like, we're, obviously, we're nowhere near, like, a New York Knicks, yeah. L.A., Chicago, Boston, yeah. Miami, Dallas, you know. Uh, and you can kind of Chicago, that. Apparently, Zach Levine is Ch- yeah, Chicago's trying to find a, a mark. Well, Zach Levine. Woj just said, Bulls are hoping to find a new trade for Zach Levine. I would be too. Yeah, well, they can bugger off because they wanted Darius Garland for Zach Levine, and I would absolutely die if we ever made that trade. <laughs> I would Hell too. No. Zach Levine is the most overrated superstar of all. Like he is, he is up there as one of the most overrated superstars. Yeah, he's tangent, but overrated. <laughs> This is going to be really interesting when we look back at this podcast one day and we're we're wondering who Donovan Mitchell ever got traded to. (laughs) Like, imagine he's just on Memphis or something next year and me and you're like, you know that Mike Wazowski meme where he's got two eyes (laughs) and he's standing there like, what the hell just happened? I can see that, that, though. I literally, but no, we're not starting this. I can see that, No, we're not starting this. I can see, like, because... He and John Morant would be the stinkiest duo. Imagine them trying to fight over the ball together. (laughs) <laughs> that'd be that'd be a pain to watch. Oh, they're gonna be fired too. They go. Ooh, I can yeah. see giant and spider and me- Ooh, No way. Oh, I I think I still think like Brooklyn just make Brooklyn are like they kind of make sense. Like just looking at this whole situation now, I've kind of convinced myself that Brooklyn are a um 
a team that will be pretty interested in this guy. And they'll, they'll lock him up for a guaranteed five years as well. And if you're the Nets, you just got to pray Ben Simmons becomes good. Like, I don't understand why he's not what he should be. Yeah. He can still play, make, he can still dribble, so- and he can still rebound, like. <laughs> don't know. I really wish the best for Ben Simmons because I, yeah, I don't low know. Key. I know Pep is probably happy though with Ben Sow his his. <laughs> hey, we got. I'm calling out Pip right here. I'm calling out Pip on this podcast. <laughs> Pip is one of the biggest haters I've ever seen. He is still <laughs> hating on Baker Mayfield to this day. When if the Browns had Baker Mayfield this year, we probably wouldn't have lost a game. Imagine Baker Mayfield since the start of the year on the Browns instead of like PJ Walker. <laughs> right, Pip is wrong for that. <laughs> but you know, with that, because we have been in it for an hour, I guess this would be a perfect time to close it. But I'd like to thank you, Jordan, for coming on. That's rather Cavaliers. For all the listeners, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go to Spotify, Pandora, anywhere you find some podcasts. I need you to share it with three new people that has never listened to this podcast. Then I need you to go over to CHB channel. I need you to go over there. I need you to go. What, what channels do they need to be uh, clicking on, Jordan? Center half bench. That's it. And and really hole. That's all you're going to be clicking on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh and hot hands. Yeah. Oh. Go, go check out those channels. <laughs> yeah, we plugging it all, man. <laughs> and, of course, I hope to see you on the next podcast.